Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm your host, Silouan. Today's episode, Tilling the Soil of Peace and Happiness. Tilling the Soil. What soil are you tilling? What soil are you growing from? What do you surround yourself with? Where do you live? Who are your friends? What are your habits? What do you do all day? From Ilias the Presbyter, in my favorite series of books, the Philokalia, Ilias quit his job as a lawyer to join the clergy, and he did so around the year 1100. His writings, very logical, very easy to follow, very lawyerly in the best of ways. Here is what Ilias said about tilling the soil, the soil of life. He said, you will not be able to cut down the passions attacking you unless you first leave untilled the soil from which they are fed. See, something is feeding your passions. Something is feeding those things that you fight, those things that keep you up at night. And you say to yourself, why do I keep doing that? Why am I attracted to that? Why can't I stop doing that? What are the passions that you fight? Is it gluttony? Is it greed? Is it lust? All sorts of other unclean thoughts and activities. Have you ever stopped to take the time and ask yourself, where do they grow from? It's not just in our mind. It's our environment. It's the things around us. What is the soil of these things? Is it the TV? Is it the internet? Is it movies? Is it music? Is it magazines? Is it the media? Is it being around the wrong people? What is the soil of your addictions, of your fears? Where do they grow from? Now, we can identify the soil that our passions, the unclean things that we do that we don't want to do, our anger, our fear. We can identify where that comes from and what the soil is. But what do we do about it? How do we till the right soil? Well, we get the right mindset for gardening, gardening our life. Just a couple selections down from Ilias, he talks about this. Many may be stripped of the coat of self-love, but few of the coat of worldly display, while only the dispassionate are free from self-esteem, the last coat of all. Now, that's a short little Sentence, actually, yeah, it's a sent one sentence, but there's a lot packed in there. First of all, the, the interesting part to me is that he identifies that a more powerful factor in our lives than our own selfishness is our desire to appeal to the world. I don't think we stop to think about that enough. How much of our anxiety, how much of our stress in life comes because we don't feel like we're appealing to the world that we're not accepted. And in a sense, what does it matter? 
What does it matter if someone walking down the street does who doesn't know you thinks about you? What does it matter what people outside of those who love you and are probably going to love you no matter what you wear or how much money you have or where you live? What, what does it matter? Yet, that can overpower us. It can become a greater desire than our own selfishness. You know, go back to high school. Go back to when you were young, that desire to fit in, to be part of the group. You know, that's one reason we homeschooled our kids. We wanted to teach them to discover who they are in an environment where they weren't impacted by that. And, then the, and, and that doesn't mean that you can keep them from ever facing it. But it's a lot easier to learn how to face that in a healthy environment and then when you're an adult, deal with it in a healthy way than to be thrown to the wolves when you're young and some people figure it out and some don't. I think Ilias would agree most people don't figure it out. We don't figure out how not to be influenced by worldly display and what it would think of us. And then the second half of that sentence, as hard as that is, and it fits in, doesn't it? Self-esteem. You know, what is self-esteem? Self-esteem is not just what we think about when we look in the mirror. When we're looking in the mirror, we're also thinking, what's the world think about us? And to get rid of that and to be truly dispassionate, to look in the mirror and not be worried about that, you know, zit on your face or the hair that's falling off of your head or the weight you're gaining around your waist. I mean, to be free of that takes dispassion. And that's hard. Now, what is the soil of dispassion? What is the soil of freeing ourselves from worrying about what the world thinks about us, what people think about our house, what people think about our car, what people think about our clothes, what people think about our age? What's the soil of that? Well, you don't have to read the Bible very long to realize that, in my opinion, what is the soil of that? It's the soil of prayer. It is the soil of fasting, and it is the soil of love of others, the opposite of self-esteem, the opposite of worrying what people think about us, but focusing on how we love other people. The soil of prayer, the soil of fasting, the soil of love of others. Ask yourself what you do every day. What's the soil that you're living in? What are you focused on? Is it the soil of prayer? Is it the soil of fasting? Is it the soil of love of others? Or is it the other types of soil? The types of things that create the passions from which we feel like we can't escape. You know, I've spent a lot of time meeting and working with those in recovery from drugs, hard drugs, heroin, meth. You know, one key point, no matter what addiction center you visit, no matter what addiction counselor you talk to, no matter what theory somebody follows, one key point that I've seen that, in my opinion, is the key difference between whether somebody stays clean and sober or if they don't, is that if you returned to the same environment that you, where you used, you will most certainly use again. You know, if you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you did drugs together, and you're trying to get clean and they're not, and you go into recovery. If you go back and live with them and they're still using drugs, you're gonna use drugs. You lived in a neighborhood where a lot of people use drugs and drugs were easy to find and there are drug dealers there that know you. And, and, and you go into recovery and you get clean and then you come out and you go back to that neighborhood, guess what? You're gonna use again. And that's a hard thing to do. 
I mean, for most of you listening, what that addict has to do is much harder than what you have to do. Because what does that usually mean for them? What's a new environment mean? Usually means they got to find a new place to live. They got to find a new set of friends. Many cases, they've got to cut themselves off from family members. I mean, especially some of these centers you'd go to and you'd meet young women, you'd meet young men. Many of them, who, who did they start using with? They started drinking with their parents. It's mind-blowing to me how many kids I would meet. I say kids, you know, people in their early 20s, you know, but I think it's more so in this generation that their path to heroin, their path to meth began smoking pot with a parent. No, if that is the soil that you're growing from, if that is the soil that you're beginning with, what is likely to grow from that? Bad things. And if you go back to it, what's going to happen? That's what you're going to become again. And you're not going to stay sober. And you're not going to stay clean. And your life is going to be destroyed. Well, that is exactly what Ilias was talking about. That eventually, whatever our soil is, is what we will become. Now, it's easy to point fingers at the poor person, at the drug addict. And look at where they come from. And why can't they see that? And, you know, point our attention towards them. Which, by the way, when we're doing, are we loving them? Are we saying that about them? Are we doing that in fasting and prayer? If we were, we would probably go help them. We would probably go try to help them get to another environment. The biggest danger of that, though, is not looking at ourselves. Forget about the drug addict, the heroin addict, the meth addict. What is your soil? Because in many ways, it's more dangerous. It's acceptable to have your phone with you all the time. It's acceptable to sit around at night watching TV. It's acceptable to watch movies filled with filth, and that's eh, just part of watching a movie. Have magazines lying around with all kinds of unseemly things on the cover, but it's normal. See, in some ways, that's more dangerous because in a, it's harder to just say, you know what? What is that feeding me? It's not feeding me good things. It's easier to look at the person over here living in filth and go, ah, oh, look at them. What is the soil you are tilling? Is it the soil that leads to passions that you can't overcome? Or is it the soil that leads to grace, to peace, to the type of life that Christ wants for all of us? The type of soil that can only be tilled with prayer, with fasting, with the love of others. In a world filled with hate and division, in a world where there's so much to point a finger at and say, that's wrong, take a minute today. Don't do that. Get out a piece of paper. and Be honest with yourself and write down, what are the things in my life that I grow from? What are the things in my life that influence me? What do I do throughout the day? What is the soil that I live in and grow from? And then paint a picture of what it needs to be. How are you going to create more prayer in your life? How are you going to create a fasting schedule? I mean, I don't care what your denomination is. The New Testament, you know, think about the, the demoniacs. These, are only, these only come out through prayer and fasting. Well, you can find things like that all throughout the Bible. What kind of fasting regimen are you going to put yourself on? And you know why you do it? You don't do it for legalistic reasons. You do it because it trains you. Fasting is a tool that trains you to focus on what is important. And then if you're able to do those two things, if you're able to pray, if you're able to fast, then 
you will have created the environment, the soil, to truly love others. To help your family, to help your friends, to help strangers. Because you're not focused on yourself. You're not focused on your own self-esteem. You're not focused on what the world thinks about you. All you're focused on is loving and helping others. And that is truly the soil of peace and happiness. Because when you're focused on others and it's done with love and the focus of your life is prayer and training yourself to become dispassionate and learning to follow only what God would have you do in your life, that is where you find peace and happiness. But the soil that you're going to plant yourself in, that's up to you. That's your choice. Why don't you make a choice today to make it the richest, most vibrant soil possible. So until next time, my friends, I want you to aim high. And sometimes to aim high, to grow high, you got to be planted in the right place. Spread your wings on prayer. Spread your wings on fasting. Spread your wings on loving and helping others. And keep your eyes on the things that matter. It's not you. It's God. It's everybody else. Until next time, I am your host, Silouan. Thanks for being with me. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends. We need to grow. We need to reach more. It won't happen without you. Peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.